Welcome to a Calvary Montclair Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will learn of Jesus, grow in Jesus, and share Jesus with other people. Service times are on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. For addresses and directions, please visit our website, www.cmontclair.com. We pray that you are blessed by the teaching of God's Word by Pastor Joe McTarsney. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses uh, 1 through 8 this morning. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. So this morning, we're we're going to be looking at 13 aspects of the gospel message. There's 13 aspects of the gospel message, and we're going to observe that from verses 1 through 8. So the first one. The first one is we're going to see in verse 1 that Paul said that he declared the gospel message. He declared the gospel message. We see that in verse 1 where Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. So you may want to underscore that where it says, I declare to you the gospel. Paul the apostle was one that he was able to say. Paul was able to say that I I declared the gospel message. The word declare, that's an interesting word. I looked it up. The word declare means to, to make known or to speak about. To make known or to speak about. That's what the word declare means. So Paul was able to say, I, I declared, I, I made known, I, I spoke about uh, the gospel, the, the gospel message. And what is the gospel message? Well, you may want to note this down and, and you may want to know that the gospel message means good news. The gospel message means good news. And, and I submit this over to you this morning that this is a day and this is an age where people are, are hungry, hungry to hear good news. Hungry to hear good news, and, and it is our privilege. It is our privilege from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our honor. It's our humble honor. It's our humble privilege to be ones that are able to declare good news to people, to shower them with hope, to shower them with, with good news. And the good news we know is the gospel, the gospel. And, and, and the gospel is spelled G-O-S-P-E-L. And the gospel stands for an acronym for the gospel. And what it stands for is that God's only son provided eternal life. Gospel. God's only son provided eternal life. That's the gospel message. Oh, you may say, I know the gospel message. I've heard the gospel message. Oh, fall in love with the gospel message all over again. Oh, fall in love with that greatest, the greatest message upon the face of the earth, the good news. The good news that you were able to go to someone and saying, you don't need to drink of the wine. 
of that. But there's, there's, there's the, the, the living water now you could, you could drink of. And it could change your life. And, and the, the, the gospel can change anybody. Any heart. The gospel can mount a heart, a, a heart and put a, a new heart in, in their life. It's the greatest message that people need to know. And I see what people really need this day and age is they, they need the message of the gospel because the gospel brings peace. The gospel brings peace. It, it guards your heart and guards your mind. There are so many people that they're stressed and, 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 and mentally they're not healthy and, and they need to be covered with the peace of God, with the word of God and, and God's word wants to, um, uh, God's word needs to be delivered and we are so blessed and we're on, honored to, to give it out. May we never be ashamed of the gospel message, never be ashamed, never be embarrassed of this glorious message. Paul said in Romans chapter one, verse 16, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. So may you not be ashamed of this message. Secondly, we see in verse one that the gospel message is a message to be received. The gospel message is a message to be received. So Paul wrote, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you notice. Notice you received, you received. The word received, it, it means to walk on the message with the heart of obedience. It's not that you would just only hear the message. It goes one ear and then kind of flows through that other. No, it goes one ear and then it goes down. It goes down and you welcome it into your heart and you pray this message in turn like, God, may this message be me. May this message be me and may I live out this message and, and, and I take ownership of this message and, and I don't, don't want to be only hearer of, a hearer of this message even this morning, but God, I want to be a doer of this message. I want to activate this message. I, I want this message to be my message. And James chapter 1, verse 22 speaks about uh, to be a doer of the word, a doer of the message. James 1, 22 says, but be doer of the word and not only hearers only to deceive yourself. So let's not be deceived this morning. May this message be, be for us. May we be able to read John three sixteen again and just read it over and over and over again. And then the, the glorious truth of that message may just ring true to our heart. And may we see it at different levels. That God, he's God. He's, he's a great God. That in his infinite love and in his un, undeserved love sent his only begotten son. And just to fathom that thought that God had a son and he gave him for you, gave him for me. Why? So we could have eternal life. Then we really that that I was bound by the, the chains of Satan, but I've been delivered, praise the Lord. And my destination to be was to be thrown into deepest portions of hell because of my acts of obedience and my acts of sin, my acts of lust, my, my lust uh, of being critical, just my sinfulness. And, and based upon my attitude, based upon my actions, those were grounds to be thrown to hell. But God says, no, no way. You're not going to hell. I don't want you to be a person that will be destined to go there, but, but I'm going to send a messenger. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to have someone tear, share with you that there's another way. Jesus is the way. He's the truth in his life. And, and anyone can come to him if they embrace Jesus. And that's the gospel message. So it's a message that's been de declared. It's a message that's been Received and, and, and we receive, and as we receive this message, this message transforms our life. It makes us and changes us from posers to, to people that's positioned in Christ Jesus. It changes us from, from people that are arrogant to be humble. It changes people that took advantage of people that, that gives to people. It, it, it changes um, uh, people that, that were not honest to be now honest. It changes people's lives where, where they used to be proud and, and now they're gentle. It's a message that transforms 
transforms lives. I've seen gang members transform. I've seen bankers transform. I've seen people that had it all together transform. I've seen people that that, um, were doing well in life. Now they're doing better in life because of Jesus Christ. And so this message is for everyone. Thirdly, we see, number three, we see also in verse one, it's a message, and I love this part. It's a message that we're able to stand on. We stand on this message. Notice verse one, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and notice this, in which you stand. Are you standing upon the gospel? Are you standing on it or are you standing on sand? May you stand on on the brick of the, the, the gospel message. The word stand means to be set in. It means to be set in. It means to be set in cement. You, you, you're cemented in this message. You're, you are established in this message. And the power of the gospel, the power of Christ in this message is able to make a person to, to, to stand, to be secure, to be stable, and they won't fall. And they won't fall. The power of the gospel message is a powerful stabilizer. It stabilizes people, especially during storms. You know what? You and I, we go through storms. We go through, we go through storms. We live in a fallen world. Fallen world means that, that, that people are sinners, and a lot of times people just live life according to their sinful pleasure, pleasures. The Bible speaks about that. People do what is right in their own eyes. So if they think it's right, if they feel it's right, then they think, I, I must be right, so therefore I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And they ignore the Holy Spirit of God. They, they ignore the gospel message. They do whatever they want uh, according to their pleasure, according to the weather. They just do what they want. I'm just going to do it, whatever. You know, I, I'm the king here. And, and they, they form their own moral code that they're comfortable with. And, 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 that, and that goes against what Scripture says. Because they don't want to be convicted of sin. They, they don't want to change. They want to do whatever they want to do. In a sense, they want to be their own God. And, and so what happens, and there, there are storms. And then, we, and then that's people that, that we could uh, work with. And, and in our society, people are driven by, by that. And then we have our flesh. Our flesh wars against the spirit. And then there's Satan. And, and so storms do happen. So despite the storms that, that happen in this world, we're able to keep stable. And the Bible says about that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 19. Hebrews 6, 19 says, This hope we have as an anchor for our soul, both sure and steadfast. So this hope of the gospel message has been given to us. It's able to, to make us steadfast. It's able to make us sure. It's able to keep us stable. And, and despite problems, despite difficulties, and every one of us have one, including myself, we all have it. But, but we don't have to be overcome by them because we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony and the word of God, the Holy Spirit. We are overcomers in Jesus Christ. You, you see, in the days of Corinth, the, the days of Corinth, man, the, those people in Corinth, they were going through some difficult things. There was a lot of carnality spread within the people of, of Corinth. They, they, they had a lot of strife going on within their congregation, within the Christians. There's a lot of division, a lot of immorality. There's a lot of spiritual de- deception that, that was going on. But those Christians that, that were holding firm to the word of God, despite the storms, they were able to stand. Despite the storms, they were able to be stabilized. Despite the storms, 
storms, they, they, they ran to Christ. And that's what storms do. The storms actually just push us to the feet of the Lord, and we're holding on. You know, the storm's coming, and Jesus is there, and he's at our firm rock. He, he's our refuge, like a big oak tree, and we're just holding on to him, and, and we're just, uh, our, our legs are kind of kicked up in the air, and, we're, and the storm's happening, and we're just holding on to the Lord. I'm holding on to you, Lord. And as we hold on to, to the Lord, we're, we're hearing his great love for us. We're, we're hearing that, that we are established and, and we are complete in him. And, and so what storms do, and, and sometimes they're provoked by the enemy, and he just doesn't know it. All you're doing, you're just causing me to love my Jesus even more so. And because it, it, it propels us to hold on to Christ Jesus, the firm rock of our salvation. And if you're going through a storm right now, oh, hold on to the Lord. They are the earth and the finisher of your faith. Keep your eyes fixed and focused upon him, drinking in the living water of, of the word so you could be spiritually nourished in, in him. And so the gospel, the gospel has a way. It changes lives and it changes many, many Corinthians. You know what the gospel does? It, it changes people that have a mess and gives them a message. They have a mess, you know, they, 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 may, they maybe have messed up their lives, but the gospel comes in and cleans up their lives, gives them a testimony, gives them a message, and then they proclaim the gospel message that has been given to them. So you receive it, and then, then you give it out. Number four, number four we see in verse two, is the gospel message you hold fast to. It's the gospel message that you hold fast to. Notice with me in verse two, by which also you received, if you hold fast, notice, Hold fast that word which I preach to you unless you believe in vain. So we hold fast this message. It's important to hold fast. The word hold fast or that phrase, those couple words hold fast, it implies there were some people or some things that, that might snatch them away from the true gospel. There were some things and circumstances that could um, snatch them from the true gospel. And Jude wrote about that. Jude says, yeah, that absolutely can happen. In the book of Jude, verse 3, there's only in one chapter on Jude. So Jude 3 says, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. They're ungodly men. Notice, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only, the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one God. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And then there's sometimes people will come in and try to mess with this glorious message or say that, okay, you're saved, but you got to do this and you got to do that. No, that we don't have to do anything because Jesus said those words. You know those words that Jesus said upon the cross? He said those three words. It is finished, the work of salvation. Now we go out and we want to share with other people. Why? Not that we have to, but we get to. We get to because we're in love with someone. You know, I, 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 I'm around, and I'm sure you are. When, when people are in love, they do funny things, don't they? <laughs> they don't hide it. They share it. Hey, this is who I'm going out with. This is the, the person that, that I love. And they speak about them. Oh, may we fall back in love with Jesus. Do you remember the very first time that you heard the message and that you learned that there's a God in heaven that loves you? You learned when, when, when you were lost and you were broken and you were hurting and someone shared the truth of the word of God and you were like, give me a Bible. 
I, I want to read this love letter, these, these 66 letters that's been given to me. And you couldn't get enough of the words of God because you wanted to hear the, the, these love words that has been given over to you. And, and you're listening to, to worship music and, you, you, and you're in church all the time and you couldn't get enough of Jesus. Are we still there? Are, are we still in love with Jesus and not take a second look at Jesus? Relook at him and, and be eternally grateful and love Jesus. I love Jesus. How do, how do we hold fast? We hold fast by loving Jesus. We hold fast by staying abiding in Christ, by being in his word. That's how we hold fast. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus said, John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide in me, in Jesus. Don't abide in the world. Don't, don't, don't abide in this form of thinking or in that form of thinking. No, abide in the thinking of scripture and in God's word. And when you do that, you're going to bear fruit. What is fruit? The fruit of the spirit. Oh, you're going to have love. You're going to have joy. You're going to have peace. You're going to have long suffering. And that's a byproduct of abiding. And, and so you're going to have fruit. You notice fruit. Fruit happens naturally. You know, some of you guys have some fruit trees in your backyard, right? Or your neighbor does, and you take some of them, right? <laughs> and, and so you don't, you don't see a fruit kind of sweat and perspire like, okay, come on. I, I need to be an apple. Arr, apple, yeah. You know, it, it's naturally, it naturally happens. Someone uh, waters it, it's, it has the nutrients, and then, blam, boom, you know, there's an apple. You know what? When we're watered by the word, when we have the nutrients of the scriptures inside of us, and, and the fruit just naturally occurs. And so may we hold fast, may we abide, may we get plugged into Jesus, plug yourself into Jesus Christ. You see, the, the, the Corinthians, they, they were living in some very critical times. Corinth, and, and if we ever, it's one of my visions to take, take our church. We're going to be going to Israel in a, in, a, in a couple years, and I'll speak about that a little bit, little bit later within the message. But I would love to do what is called the Footsteps of Paul cruise. You're like, I'm going to do cruising. And, um, and so there, there's a Footsteps of Paul cruise, and you go into Corinth and where, where, um, where, it, uh, where it exists at. You, you could visit the ruins of Corinth and go into the Colosseums where, where, where they have these um, Olympic events, and, and you actually sit there, and, um, and, and then you read the book of 1 Corinthians. And it's an amazing place. I have some friends that have been there before. It, it's, it's worth the, the spiritual investment in your life, most definitely. But during this time of Corinth, um, you've got to remember, there, there was a lot of Greek uh, way of thinking there. The, the, the Greeks were just heavily um, populating the, 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 the Corinthian um, lifestyle. And, and so in the, in the Greek way of thinking, um, part of it was, was most definitely against the gospel message. Um, and the gospel message, you know, was spoke about um, a, a person's um, soul that, you know, and Paul spoke about that in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. And so the Greeks didn't have that way of thinking. And so what they would come in and they would infiltrate the church and infiltrate others. And, and they would say, you know what? No, we, we as Greeks, we, we believe that the soul is imprisoned. The soul is imprisoned to a body. 
and, and the soul needs to be released and, the, and, and kind of float around and, 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 and get out of the body. And, and that's why like, people are not happy and because there's a fight going on. The, the soul is saying, let me out, let me out, freedom, I want out. <laughs> Give me out of this body. You know, that, the person in me is not taking good care of me. Get, get me out. And, and, and so they, they believe that. And so they're bringing that, th- that thinking into the church. And, and so there's a lot of nonsense going, going out. And so, but that's what they believe. You, you ever heard, you ever heard, let me throw this out real quick. You, you ever heard of the term um, poor soul? Oh, what a poor soul. That's where they get that thinking from, from, from the Greeks. Poor soul. The soul hasn't been released from the body. Oh, it's a poor soul. Um, no. <laughs> that, that, that the soul is one day is going to be definitely getting out of this tent, but going directly to the Lord Jesus Christ. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that's just one example. And there was just so many way of thinking. Um, Time is not per- permitting to give more examples that the, the people at Corinth that they were facing. They, they were facing uh, um, a, a lot of, uh, of information that was an onslaught um, to, to the gospel message. But we know that in, in our day and day and age, we know we don't um, have the, the, the Greeks that, that we have to um, have conversation with and, and debates with, unfortunately, sometimes. But, but in, in our day and age, there's others. There, there's others that do not like the gospel message at all. There, there's a group. Do you have you heard of this group? Um, there's a group right now, and this is a very sad group, and they're on a hot mission, and, and to take out the gospel message, Christians, and um, the, the 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 freedom of religious speech. And this group is called um, they're called Freedom from Religion. Freedom from Religion. Freedom from Religion Foundation. That's the name of the group. Freedom from Religion Foundation. Even the name speaks for itself what they want. They want freedom. They call it religion. And, and, and their, their, their goals are to protect um, the constitutional principles of the separation of church and, and, the, the, uh, church, um, and state. And they... Um, are censoring, they are censoring um, um, ministers and, and people that proclaim the gospel message. And when we speak the gospel message and it goes against their, their values or, or, um, or people's lifestyle, they're classifying us believers that we have hate speech. But you know, it's not hate, hate speech. We have love speech. We have love speech. Do you hate a doctor when the doctor tells you the truth? Right? You don't appreciate the, 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 the message the doctor is sharing, but, but truth is truth. You need to be aware of it. Change, changes need to be, be taken um, within people's lifestyle, right? And so that's what the church is um, up against. And, and, it, and it's sad. And, and, and it's sad that they're on a, on a mission um, and, and they're, they're not letting up. It's just growing um, bigger and, and bigger. And, um, but I, I praise God for, for Christian organizations um, that they have ministries that will represent Christians, um, uh, students that would want to pray at a Friday, Friday night football game, um, or a teacher that wants to put out a Bible on their desk, um, or a Bible or a scripture on, on their um, on their, their workstation. 
And, um, and there's a couple of attorneys. I, I want to put these two attorneys out there, and I want to ask you you keep them in, in prayer. Um, and a couple of ministries that, and if you're ever going through um, religious persecution, you need to know these attorneys. There's local attorneys and there's national attorneys. Our local attorneys, number one, um, Brad Dacus. Brad Dacus is a, a great man of God, and um, his office is located in the Orange County area. And his website is the pacificjusticeinstitute.org. By the way, Brad Dacus is coming to Calvary Montclair. Um, he's coming. He's, he's, he's scheduled to be here um, uh, 2020, next, next year in November, the, the Sunday before voting. The Sunday before voting. And he's going to be speaking about make sure you vote your conscience and make sure your conscience is reflecting scriptures. Um, and so he's going to be speaking, speaking about that. And number two, um, we have a brother um, named Robert Tyler, um, and um, he's out in Marietta area, and, um, and he's a mighty man of God too. And so the, 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 these are in, their, in our backyard. So if you ever or know someone that they're, they're being um, censored in, in one way or another, you could call them and they, they give free advice, free ad, advice. They're, they're a nonprofit organization, but they're Christian attorneys, and you could just let them know and say, hey, um, th this is happening. Because what happens sometimes, um, we have supervisors or we have people over us, and they try to intimidate us, and then they, they try to say, oh, you're going to um, gonna receive a lawsuit. And for us as human beings, you know, we're like, the word lawsuit, it, it kind of, it's kind of intimidating, huh? You're like, oh, lawsuit? Where are you gonna take my home? You're gonna take all my money? You're gonna you're gonna take my car? Actually, actually, you can have my car, <laughs> but 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 you know, I I, I need to have food upon my t my my um my table, and it, it could be kind of intimidating, and that's what they try to do. There, there, there's there's people out there that that like to intimidate people. I don't know why, but but they but they are. I know why they're sinners, and so if you're if you ever have something, call one of these Christian attorneys. If, if someone is trying to push in the corner and you're saying that, that, that you can't speak. Now, you've got to be careful. You know, if, if you got to you, 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 you give, um, if you, you have work hours, you got to do your work, right? You, you can't be okay. It's, it's 9 to 5, and I'm just going to, out of the blue, I'm going to get my Bible and start pointing and saying, everybody, you need to turn or you're going to burn, <laughs> you know, and you're, you're supposed to be doing your work. Then, like, okay, come on now. Hello. you got to be a good witness, and, you know, you, you give to Caesar what is Caesar, and, and um and, uh, but now if it's your break time or someone asks you a question, that's a whole different story. We're not to be obnoxious Christians. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, we, we can be, and we've got to be very, very, very careful. Um, and we need to be so. We need to be, we need to be light. I know a school teacher where every day he puts quotes on, on his chalkboard. And, um, and, and what he does, he, he puts quotes of scriptures. But he doesn't share the address of it. <laughs> he just shares it. But he does it. It's consistent. And so he, he learned, there's things that you, you can do, and you're not being ashamed of the gospel. You're sharing the gospel message. And so, so know, know what you can do and know what you, you can't do, but never be intimidated by, by those that, that have a, a bent against Jesus. And that's really what it is. It, it's like, you, you guys watch that movie, um, God's, God's Not Dead? You know, God, God's Not Dead. And there was that one professor that was just angry against um, really God and because he had personal things going on. And, and that, could, can, that could be, it could be either that, they have a personal agenda, um, uh, a, a dislike against God and, and um, a hatred towards God. Or, or secondly, that they don't want anyone just to say that their morals and their values um, 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 has to be in check with scripture. 
they want to be their own free person. And so, so they don't like that. So what do they do? They, they, they persecute Christians. They get rid of the Bible. They say, you can't have God at God. And we trust in public schools when, like, hello, the, the, the schools were, were based upon the, 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 the Bible. Um, you, or you can't say the, the, the flag salute um, and, um, in a public school. And, um, and so it's just, it's just crazy, this, this day and age. So we don't have the Greeks, but, that, but what we have is we have the, the Freedom From Religion Foundation groups, and they're just getting bigger. Um, and you may want to go to their webpage and just kind of, um, as I have, um, and just kind of see what they're, what they're about and pray for them too. Now, number five, let, let's continue to move forward. Number five, um, the gospel message. The gospel message, and we see um, in verse three, number five, that, that the gospel message is that Jesus died for our sins, and that's a component of the gospel message. We see that in verse three. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also deliver, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So Jesus died for a reason. It's important to know that Jesus died for a reason. He died for the reason to forgive us of our sins because we're sinners. We're, our sins have separated us from, from a holy, righteous, living God. And there's a sin factor that had to be dealt with. The book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 speaks about that. Peter said, Christ died for sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. And, and that's, that's what the, the gospel did. It, it, it had the gospel message is that Jesus died for, for our sins because we were unrighteous and we need to be righteous. Jesus knew no sin but became sin um, for us to bring us in a, a right relationship with the holy God. So Jesus came to, to pay a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt that we cannot pay. Jesus came to pay a debt that, that he didn't owe, but, but he, he paid our debt. And because that's true, may, may we love Jesus because he first loved us while we were still in our sins and he became our substitute, the substitute lamb. And that's what John the Baptist says. John the Baptist says, look, look, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And the people understood that because during this time period, they, they had the sacrificial um, um, system going on. And, and Jesus was that, that sacrificial lamb for us. And so what caused us salvation, to give us salvation, it, there was a blood factor. And may that blood, may that blood just, just um, never cause us to forget about Jesus. And for the rest of our life, may we remember that our Jesus died upon the cross. And know this, it wasn't nails that, that caused Jesus to stand on the cross. It was love. It was love for you. If you don't think that your life has value, if you don't think your life has purpose, you don't think your life has meaning, all you have to do is look at the cross. And don't look at those nails, because it wasn't those nails that held Jesus there. It was love for you that held Jesus there. To be right with the Lord and, and saying, you are worthy. And then there's going to be a day, and we, we covered this before in the book of Jude, Jude 24 and Jude, Jude 25, you're going to be ushered in to the presence of, of the Lord with the exceeding amount of joy. God, of, uh, Jesus can say, here, here's your son. Here, here's your daughter, Lord. And, and so he did that for you. He did that for me. And never forget that. It's a glorious gospel message. Now, number six. Number six, we see in verse four. Number six, we see in verse four that Jesus was buried. And being buried is a component in the gospel message. We see that in verse four and that he was buried. He was buried. So, so we see that the, the burial of Jesus is important as it is uh, proof positive that he really did die. Matthew chapter 12, verse 39 speaks about that. Jesus... Um, spoke about that he would be in the grave for, 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 for three days and three nights. Uh, Matthew 12, 39 says, a wicked and adulterous generation asked for a miraculous sign, but none will be given 
it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was there three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So we know that Jesus, he, he died and he was buried. And there's, there's a picture I, w- I want to share with you um, what, the bear, what, what the tomb looks like. Because a lot of times, um, have you guys ever been to like Forest Lawn or to um, uh, the, the other funeral home, um, Bellevue in, in Ontario? And we, we've been to cemeteries before, right? Uh, Rose Hills. And we think, oh, I wonder if it looks that way uh, for Jesus when he was buried. No, this is actually the, the, the place. I know it's kind of hard to see. Um, but we're going to be taking you there in, in two years um, to um, uh, the burial uh, there at Jesus, or the, the place where Jesus was buried. And right there, we actually have communion, too. We have a communion service, and we just thank Jesus for dying. And you actually go in. You actually go in the tomb. You can actually stand by. You can take pictures if you, if you want. Um, and so the, um, and the representative from, from Israel will be with us at the last, as it was announced, the last Sunday of this month. He's just going to share with you what it costs and the, and the price. And we as a church, we're, we're doing it two years in advance because it takes a lot. Of, it's a lot of money. It's not it's not like inexpensive. Um, and so they'll, they'll have brochures that you'll know. But uh, and he said, you're the only church that's doing it two years in advance. I'm like, yeah, hello. It costs money, that's why. So our, our people can start saving little by little, put, put their, their dollars away and stay away from Starbucks <laughs> um, off and on. Okay, maybe one Starbucks a month. Okay, <laughs> and then the rest we'll, we'll put away. I want you to go. And Pastor Chuck Smith says, if you go to Israel, it's like going to seminary for a year. And it, it's true. You're, you're gonna go to the, well, I feel like I'm, but he, he'll do all that. But back to our Bible study. Um, you get to, you go to the place where Jesus was buried. You, you go there and, and no, he, he, he was buried. And, and because sin, sin is serious. Sin, sin is serious. It costs the father, his only begotten son. I'm a dad. Some of you guys know, I don't know if I'll ever give up my son. I don't know if I could do that. Can you? <laughs> so, can you ever give up your son? So your dad's in this room. And not only are you going to give up your son, but they're going to beat him. If someone like beat, started beating my son, I'm going to be right there too. <laughs> I'm not going to let him get beat up like that. I'm going to be in that pile also. It's my boy. God the Father. God the Father just saying, seeing that... When Jesus, this is not spoken about much. I just let me put, put this out there. When Jesus was being beat and and um, spit on, thirty-nine times whipped, and the, it's called the cat of nine tails. It's it's like um, it's like a belt with um, uh, or, or a pole with nine layers of a belt with embedded with um, sharp pieces of glass and metal. And you hit it and literally goes through your whole body and they pull it back and flesh like literally flies out everywhere. And so so we we see that occurring. But don't get your eyes only off there. Move your eyes towards the father. What the father went through to see his son getting beat and go through. He went through that for you and, and for me. And may that move you. I know that does for me. Knowing that Jesus got beat for me, he died for me. That, that was one of the, the factors that propelled, that propelled me to really, really embrace the gospel message. 
that he got beat for me. He died for me. I don't know if maybe it was love for you or maybe it was the sacrifice, but for me it was him getting beat for me. It was like, whoa, you got beat for me? It, 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 it's like say there's a car ra- racing across and you're, you're, not, you're not really paying attention and someone's paying attention and they, they run and they push you outside and you fall over, you're safe, but they got hit by the car and they died in your place. And you know you should have died, but you've been set free. Wouldn't you, wouldn't, uh, and, and, um, wouldn't you appreciate that person for the rest of your life? You probably attend the funeral, you probably speak, and, um, and you probably love their family members because that happened for you. Well, let's, let's move forward. We have a few more points, and um, t- time is just um, um, going before us right now. Number seven. The, the, the seventh factor is we see in verse four that Jesus rose again. And, and it's a component of the gospel message that Jesus rose again. And know that, that the power of God that rose Jesus from, from the dead, that same power is available to us. That same power that Jesus rose from the dead is available to us. Romans eight eleven says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies because the spirit lives in you. So that same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the, from the grave is available to you to, to give you power over sin, to give you power over pleasure, to give you power to obey his word, to live for the Lord. And then number eight, we see in verse five that the, the gospel message is for people like Cephas. Notice verse five, and, um, and that he was seen by Cephas. So Cephas, we know him, that, that's the Apostle Peter. And, and I love this, that, that, that the gospel message is for people like Cephas. You see, um, Peter was going through a, a, a depression type of uh, depression. He was going through a difficulty. And the reason why is because he denied Jesus. Because when um, they, they saw um, Peter, they're like, hey, aren't you, aren't you one of the followers? And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know who he is. And he denied Jesus three, three times. And, and so that really... Um, her Peter, and then when Jesus rose from the grave, Jesus um, rose from the grave, and Peter was one of the first um, people that he saw because you know he was going through a difficult time. Second Peter one sixteen says, um, "We did not follow clever, invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were witnesses to His Majesty." And so. So it was the Lord that, that, that brought comfort and restoration to Peter. And the gospel message, no, it brings comfort and restoration to people. And that's why people need to hear it. In verse 5, we are informed, and this is number 9, verse 5, we are informed that the gospel message brings reassurance. It brought reassurance to the 12, to the 12 apostles, uh, the, the 12 in verse 5. And it says, by Cephas, then by the 12. You see, the 12, they were the, they were the followers of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died, you know, they were insecure. They're like our Savior, um, our, our friend. We ate with him. We, we were in the same area with him all the time. We saw him do everything. He was our buddy. He's, he's, he was Jesus. He was my friend. And, and they had insecurity. And then, and then Jesus came, and, and, and Jesus gave them a deep sea of peace. He says, I'm here. Peace to you. Have peace. The Lord wants us to have peace and not anxiety. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood amongst them and said to them, peace be with you. So they're in the, they're in the, they're in the house, right? They're in the casa. They're, they're all kicking together. They're like, oh, Jesus is gone. Our, the, the, we saw him do this and we ate with them. And man, I, I took my relationship for him and granted And oh no, we saw him die upon the cross. And then Jesus walks in and was all, Hey, what's up? What's up? 
let's make a TikTok. You know, Jesus is there, you know, in front of them all. And, and he says, peace be with you. And you need to know that the Lord is saying to you, peace be with you in the midst of your insecurity and your storms. Now, number 10 in verse 6, the gospel message is for everyone. And we see this in verse 6. And that he was seen by over 500 brethren. He, this gospel message is, is for over 500 brethren. It's for everyone. And, and Jesus met with his followers after the resurrection. And he shared with them, I'm alive. And because I'm alive, you can be alive also. Matthew 28 verse 10 says, Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go, go to Galilee. And there you will see me. And so the gospel message is for all people because he desires a relationship with everyone. Number 11, we see this in verse 7. Jesus even went to James. And James, he was a skeptic. He was very skeptical of Jesus. Notice in verse 7, it says, after that, he was seen by James. And, and James was one that didn't believe in, in, in his half-brother Jesus. John 7, verse 5 says that, for even his half-brother did not believe in him. James was very skeptical of, of Jesus. And, but, but, but Jesus um, uh, came to James, and, and James' life was transformed by the power of God. And James was transformed from a skeptic to a servant. And he was a servant of, of Jesus for the rest of his life. In fact, he wrote the book of James. He wrote the book of James even. And then number 12, we see in verse 7 that the gospel message provides purpose for people as he approached all the apostles. In verse 7, it says that he was seen by all the apostles and the, the apostles, the followers of Jesus, all those that, that spoke for Jesus, they, they had a message. They had a message to, to, to tell others about him. Because Jesus said, I, I want you, I want you to wait in Jerusalem and waiting for to Jerusalem for the outpour of the Holy Spirit to descend upon you. So they went there. And then as a result of that, the Holy Spirit came upon these, these, um, these apostles and they went out there and they had a purpose-driven life. And God wants us to have a purpose-driven life as we share the gospel message. And then lastly, we're done now. Verse Verse 8, and this is the 13th point. The gospel message changes lives like he did Paul. Verse 8. Uh, then last of all, he was seen by me also. You know, before uh, Paul was Paul, his name was Saul, and he was a persecutor of Christians. And now he wasn't a persecutor of Christians anymore, but he was blessing Christians now. Acts 9.5 says, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Notice when someone persecutes you, they're persecuting Jesus in a sense. And, and Jesus is for you. And so the power of God transforms life. It transforms Paul's life. And so as we close right now, we have a living hope. We have a living hope. And this living hope that we have, it's not found in the White House, but it's found in God's house. It's found in God's house with God's people that is armed with the gospel message as we take this gospel message out to the highways and byways and, and share the love of Jesus Christ with others. Amen. Let's pray.